Hey there, everybody. Sean Donnelly and... Razor Wadney. Here, the, the, the brand new jerks, uh, here to tell you thank you guys so much for subscribing and rating and reviewing the podcast online. Also, subscribing to the YouTube. We are seeing a ton of uptick uh, in, in listens and likes online, and we just want to remind you, if you haven't already, please subscribe <clears throat> on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, subscribe to the YouTube. We have reels. We have longer videos that go up there. There's way more coming, and please... Please, please, please follow us on TikTok. It's at Brand New Jerks Pod on TikTok. We put a TikTok up a day. We have a lot of fun with them, so make sure to check that out. But for right now, please enjoy the latest episode. Right? Yeah, Sean. Um, we, I think we, we found a phenomenon. I think the jerk dash off is a phenomenon. Oh, we, we're going to start the episode with this? I think so. I think that's... Yeah. Uh, we're going to start the episode the same way that I start my stay at a hotel. <laughs> with a jerk off. <laughs> that's actually a great thing to talk about. I don't want to... God, I don't want... You know what? Just by default, because we're like dudes, this is going to become a masturbation podcast. <laughs> because you, just by having the word jerk in there, it's, it's there's no way it's not going to come it's up. It's going to lead to it every time. Yeah. Um, it, it, at least, it, well, you know what? This is episode five that we'll be putting out, and we've we haven't talked about jerking off that much. We did a little bit, I think. We didn't release that one. Oh, okay. Those are the, those are the lost jerk tapes. <laughs> <laughs> the lost tapes. Like those the Dylan basement tapes, yeah. but for jerking off. I mean, those will come out, you know, when we're too hungover. I'm to sorry, they'll record what? An episode. They'll, they'll come, come out. <laughs> they'll come all over the place. We'll release those yeah. at some point. <laughs> the Oof. ones, the ones we have in the can are going to be released <laughs> when uh, one of us texts the other on a Monday, like, "Hey, are we still good to record?" Nah, dude, I haven't got out of bed. I'm hungover. <laughs> All right. Sounds like we're sounds like we're releasing one of the lost jerk tapes. I think we have to save that the hotel jerk off topic for another episode because we had a lot of fun. You really well, well, smart wait, we, idea. We could, we could use that for a poll for this week. Uh, I'll post it from mine because I'm a creep. Everybody <laughs> knows that. You could, you could. Hey, you could keep your hands clean, okay? No, but what I like is the 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 jerk off. The who's a bigger jerk? And we do a lot of movie guys. And this week we had uh, Bradley Cooper from Wedding Crashers versus Adam Scott from Step Brothers. Who's the bigger jerk? And I remember when you came up with it. I think you told me about it first. I am me. I said Bradley Cooper because Bradley Cooper has no redemption in that movie. Adam Scott does in Step Brothers. They kind of make up at the end. Semi, semi, it's a semi redemption. But Bradley Cooper is a bad guy through and through. Also. You know what I didn't realize being a huge before we really get into the meat of this, being a huge fan of Wedding Crashers, I didn't realize that his name is Sack. Sack. S A C K. Sack Lodge is the yeah. character's name. At one at one point, his friend after they beat up Owen Wilson, he goes, he goes, "You're the Sack. She'll come to you." <laughs> yeah. well, I, but I didn't realize that. Oh yeah, I, I thought it was Zach for when the he, longest time. When he tackles Vince Vaughn, and the cousin goes. You just got a sack lunch. Well, yeah, but I thought that they were because he sacked the quarterback. Yeah, I yeah, didn't yeah. Know. I guess I, I, I guess I'm an idiot, but I also guess I'm an idiot because I was wrong. I kind of thought sack was the bigger jerk than. So you did Eric. think, and okay, what's your reasoning then? Well, my, my, my oh, I thought sack was the bigger jerk too. Yeah, right. My 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 reasoning is just that he's like 
I mean, he's it's it's he's clearly the villain of the movie. Yes, he's 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 doesn't have that redemption moment. He's a cheater. He you're like really rooting for him to get his like ass kicked as you are with Derek. But after Derek takes that punch, you're like, okay, he kind of got what he deserved, and it's all good. But after Zach, keep going, I want to call him Zach. Zach takes the punch. You still would be okay with seeing him get his ass kicked like 15 more times. Absolutely. And I think you're right. And that's the sign of a bigger villain. I think 100% Zach is way worse because uh, maybe it is because it's a relationship-based thing. And like he's being – and also how much – I don't think there's a person alive who didn't have a crush on Rachel McAdams from that movie. That's true. I think that's I I that's what made me love fall in love with Rachel McAdams. And and it kind of lightens the um it, it kind of makes Adam Scott feel like less of a jerk to me because he's he's being getting played. secretly cuckled yes. by John C. <laughs> Riley's character. He's supposed to be more of the fall guy, and so is Cooper, but Cooper, he's an antagonist. Uh Adam Scott is more of just like goofy guy who's getting played by his own wife and 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 they have that Dane Cook joke in there. He's just supposed to be laughed at. He's a the douche. And the singing um the singing scene is the pretty singing great. scene is pretty great. And I kinda am gonna always think that Bradley Cooper's a bigger jerk because he grew up really rich and he seems just like a smarmy, like everything handed to him douche. Because they, because Wait, they, in real life you mean? No, not Bradley. Oh, oh, oh. I love Brad- <laughs> Get me? I love Bradley Cooper, <laughs> and I love the character. The character is hilarious. Yeah, Zach is super. He is, yeah, when he his is. boy on the phone is like, "Damn, sluts." <laughs> but the only the the only thing that I could think that people because on the poll that we put out there on Instagram, it was fairly unanimous that Derek from Step Brothers was the bigger jerk, and the only thing that I could think of is. He was pretty horrible to his wife. Uh, Adam Scott? Yeah. Uh, the Derek character. Yeah, but it was more of like an ignoring thing. And, he, and also, you, can, you probably could make the, the argument that he's worse because he's like, no, I guess he's not that bad with the kids. I was going to say he's horrible to the kids, too, but he's more like they're just supposed to be like a Stepford family or something where yes. there's a lot of, there's not a lot of, they're not exploring, they're not, their emotional intelligence in that family. Like there's, they're very uh, closed off to each other, if you will. And, and he's, and, and I guess he's him being so mean to his brother and showing zero warmth to his brother who clearly has some type of arrested development or mental <laughs> issue. Like, uh, I mean, I guess that you can make a case for that, but I just. Well, you actually, True. Can you say that Will Farrell and John C. Riley are mentally handicapped and step stepbrothers? Like that's kind of I mean you can make the case. And that does make Adam Scott the bigger villain because he's picking on Tars. some mental <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. Dude. Bleep. <laughs> so I absolutely I disagreed with the poll. The poll said Adam Scott. I, I I think it was sack launch that are, was the are, bigger. Are you after the conversation that we're having, trying to feel it out? Or do you? I still, still think Zach? it's Bradley Cooper. I think he I, plays. He also plays a better villain. Like Adam Scott's playing a comical villain. Bradley Cooper was like actually acting like an asshole. Like yeah, yeah. You know, it was a, he's a man. He's a better actor than Adam Scott. But even though Adam Scott's hilarious, 
uh, Bradley Cooper is really good. Because then you, Bradley Cooper's been in stuff where you like root for Bradley Cooper, which is pretty impressive. Play bad guy and good guy. What what I didn't realize about the comparison of the two characters was they both have that moment where you get to see them get punched in the face. You don't get um, that all the time. That's true. That's pretty cool. Yeah, pretty nice to see. The, the, and what's a better punch? Um, the, that's a good question. Ooh, I, I think it's the John C. Riley punch when he because he falls out of the out tree of the house. tree. Even though, <laughs> but one of them after showing his abs, <laughs> they're kind of both legendary punches because one's in a church. True. I, my, I'm not even religious, but my upbringing is so Catholic that I anything that anything less than just sitting there in stillness in a church or like reciting prayers and stuff like anything that's done besides that in a church i'm like ooh, yeah. you're gonna get in trouble <laughs> like <laughs> i remember i did a show uh at a, some of this guy's church it was like a christian church this guy josh carter's mom had a show and i remember being so nervous about this church that i was gonna like curse by accident during my set whatever it was and T.J. Miller came with Nick Vatterot. This is years ago. Came with Nick Vatterot to the church, to the show, and asked if he can go up for five minutes. And he was already a big name at that point. So, th- so Josh was like, yeah, of course. And T.J. Miller didn't curse, nothing, but did this thing. He like made fun of the congregation, made fun of the church. They had a circle on the roof of the church. He goes, is that the thing from End of Days with Arnold Schwarzenegger where the, where the spirit comes? <laughs> like, he's just making fun of the church. I'm in the back, like, mind blown. The whole place is... They're, they're losing it. They're loving it. And I'm like, oh, my God. This is the, one of the most impressive things I've ever seen. And it, he did well? He crushed. He did about, about eight minutes making fun of the church and just riffing and absolutely crushed. I don't have the same feelings about church as you do. I didn't grow up very religious or very Catholic. But my brother, he um, he considered himself Catholic, baptized both of his kids, and know that I'm semi, I, I wouldn't say... I just don't really care about religion. I, I say some I, pretty blasphemous shit. Yeah. And when I walked into the church for his son's baptism, not only was I late, but I was hungover. And right when I walked in, the lights went off in the church. And, <laughs> and they and they flicked back on. And I just saw... Ray my, walks in, you hear, Santos Dominos. <laughs> the, 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 the holy water starts bubbling when Ray comes I'm in. I'm just Gabriel, <laughs> Gabriel Bryan from End of Days. Is that how you say it? Let's burn. Some, some, oh, Gabriel Byrne. Yeah, burn. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but, and, and I, I remember my brother lipping the words just, you were the devil. <laughs> you were the devil. That's pretty great. Yeah. And I got like, I'm like so hungover, like sunglasses on. I got like a, like an iced tea <laughs> and just sat down. Uh, just the that could not give a shit less walking into this church. Yeah, but yeah, just the, like the wood starts falling off the walls. Like every the the <laughs> the, 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 the figures on the, the panes of glass, the the, 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 the <laughs> just start moving like oh, like like devil's advocate. We're all like remember remember the statues just start going. Oh, they're all like no. It's Ray. You're De Niro. You start doing the De Niro speech. He's an absentee landlord. <laughs> Not De Niro's speech. Oh. Uh, Pacino's speech. Pacino's. I never saw Devil's Advocate. <gasps> oh, it's I, I lived it. Apparently, Jesus. <laughs> it is good, man. It's it's. I think Devil's Advocate's an underrated movie. I think because it has Keanu in it. I think people didn't think much of it. But to be honest, uh, this is going to become a movie podcast after a while. <laughs> I already have one of those. Uh, but I think. But you have two different Pacinos over the years. You have Godfather Two Pacino, Godfather One. Uh, Pacino, you know, like more subdued Pacino, who would have outbursts. And then at one point, 
It's almost like Pacino had an outburst one day and got stuck in that mode. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I think he, he, he became like almost like an overactor out of nowhere. He just snapped. And, yeah, and he realized what his, what his moneymaker was. There's it's, no turning it's back. It's like a stripper who realizes what her special move is on the pole <laughs> or something. And he just doubled down on that and, 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 and cashed in. But I think one of his best movies, that version of Pacino, is Devil's Advocate. He's great in it. He's unbelievable. I got to see it. I want to see it. It's, it's on site. It's streaming cool, on Netflix, I think. Uh, I think it is. It's a really, it's a cool movie. It's like a fun, cool movie. It's not like an Oscar movie. But were, it's a, were you a church every week guy when you were growing up? At times. We were like, cafe, they call it cafeteria Catholics. Where you kinda, on how bad things were going for the family. Like, <laughs> ah, shit, we need to get in on there on Sunday. <laughs> things, are, things aren't looking good. It was more like, yeah, you, my mom was always, if my mom had her way, I think we would have gone every week. Yeah. Um, but my dad, my dad didn't, my dad was, he was religious, but not real. At times he was. Like my dad, there was a place called Father Brown's, which was a Lutheran church around the corner from my house. We weren't Lutheran. We were Roman Catholic. He would go to, to Father Brown's for mass because he liked the mass better. He's like, yeah. I like the mass better there. It's, it's nicer. And it's I'm closer. like, yeah. yeah. And it's like, and that's what, that's, and I'm like, hey, go, good for you. But he wouldn't go all the time. He'd go once in a while. And then we'd go on holidays, Christmas and Easter. Uh, so yeah, we were like cafeteria Catholics, where you pick and you choose what you want out of the religion. I, I've probably I've been to CCD. I didn't go to Catholic school. Well, I, I I was I was baptized Catholic, right? But my I remember going to church one time that wasn't for like an event, and my mom took me and my brother, and she wanted to do a thing where hey, this is what we do now. We're we're gonna try to bring religion. I think a lot family, of Catholic families do that, and we yeah. sit there. And obviously, we went to the later mass because we're not a, we're not an early morning family. Well, at least you know, right? Uh, on the weekends, neither will we. And uh, the priest English was hundred percent his second language of the church that we went to. Okay. And me and my brother are like snickering the entire time because we can't understand what the hell this guy's saying. That happens a lot, too. Yeah. And Sometimes they are from here, and you can't understand what they're saying. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the priest from uh, <laughs> Princess Bride. Mowage. Mowage is what brings us together today. And, and I remember my mom, later that day, me and my brother are fighting, and she starts, like, she was yelling at us. She's like, can you stop? Like, could you learn anything from, from church? You know, like... Whatever that guy was saying up there, I'm sure it was something that, you should, that that was that was good and means you should be better people. But here's the thing, she. But there you go. You can't ask two kids to pay attention to even that you can understand what the person's saying. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like it's so hard to have kids pay attention. And church, when I was a kid, was one like my mom was the same way. My, my mom gave us a look during church. We were like, yeah, just tightened right up, dude. It's so boring. Uh, it's super boring. You like count the minutes until it's done. Do you, do you think the Catholic guilt plays into your people pleasing? Uh, yeah, absolutely. That's a great question. Yeah. And yes, I think that it's instilled in you. I think that especially Irish Catholic guilt. Um, yeah, it's, 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 it, it, I think it, I think the basis for that guilt comes from a better place than most people think. I think a lot of people blame it for stuff like the people pleasing, whatever it is, but I think it's supposed to come from a, a humble um, a humble place instead of having it's supposed to come from a place of non-ego it's, come, it's supposed to come from a place of like doing service unto others I think like as far as the idea of like there's a part of church where they say peace be with you right it's such a great especially that's why it's like I should go back to freaking church because there's a there's good elements to church but like one like of those that things you said freaking because you were saying <laughs> church after but 
like even the thing like now where it's like they couldn't have masks because you know you're in such close contact. But like the the peace be with you idea is like nobody's doing that interpersonal contact thing. Church could probably serve a lot of people the right way these days. But do I think yeah? Do I think the anxiety and the people pleasing part of it came from that? Yeah, because I think you're learning all these lessons at an impressionable age of like the good Samaritan and 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 treat people how you want to be treated and all that kind of stuff. So it comes from a good place, but if you take that to the extreme, like if you if you're sitting there going, I don't matter at all, like <laughs> yeah, and it's only about the others. When in actuality, what's really supposed to be is a healthy balance. Then yeah, I think church. Do you think so? Well, not, I, not didn't, I didn't have any of it yeah, in my yeah, life, yeah. but I was thinking, uh, I think I wrote this down when we were talking about topics for today, and I really don't know the answer myself, whether or not my parents are people pleasers themselves. Like if that wore off on me a little bit, I, I think maybe my mom is, but I also don't know. I think my mom also is just really nice. My mom is the same way. My mom's really nice. Um, I think she's concerned with coming off as nice and which is not a bad thing, but I think it worries about if other people are nice as well. Where they like, I have a lot of instances. I tell my, I'll tell my mom something, and she'll be like, "Well, were they nice? Were they nice?" And somebody once was like, "Nice is so arbitrary. Kind is the word that you want to use. Like, you can be nice and not kind. Like, a nice has almost like a phony connotation to it. Because well, you can be nice. How many times do you have you know people talk about Midwestern nice? Well, my buddy Mitch uh, used to get. Uh get real mad at me he'd be he'd be all we'd be all out partying and drinking and he'd say something about somebody I'd be like yeah, i don't know that dude's a nice guy and he'd be like what is nice yeah what the fuck is nice he's yeah. nice who gives a shit yeah he's nice and i think he's like partially right i, I, I think, think so too i think because i if you're dealing with i think the i think the treat people how you want to be treated thing is a way to live life and the, the most modern way to say it is don't be a dick that's what you try to go yeah. by but what gets lost in the mix is oh my god everybody has to think that i'm the nicest guy in the world and that's where the people pleasing comes from it's this idea of like oh if i'm thought of as a dick for even one second or it, when it's just being assertive like we're trying to achieve or just doing something you want to do and just politely declining something i just had an instance like this i, I can i'll yeah. tell you about it where i was I was so any kind of any kind of uh, conflict like you know I'm so nervous like I quit that day job thing I told you about where I was like full on shaking before I sent the email um, and I somebody was telling me they're like you he's like you hit this 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 booker up about this gig and he goes you could probably get X amount of, it's either gonna be this amount or this amount and they told me a higher amount and I'm like well I'm gonna ask for that amount yeah uh, and then like the guy contact he called me a few times and I was like I was out I was uh, going to Long Island for a gig and coming back and the guy wrote to me the next day I realized I had cer these certain dates open that he wanted and, and he goes alright so it's going to be X amount and it was the lower amount uh, and I'll get you a room and I was like okay yeah and he goes and I go alright I'll do it for the higher amount which wasn't that much more it was $200 more Yeah, I go true. the higher amount and I'll have to bring somebody because I have to get driven there and he goes alright so, so the higher amount and, uh, and, and that's it for the weekend. Then you bring an opener. I go, no, no, no. And then you pay the opener. And he was like, I can't swing that. I only have a hundred seats. And I, that got me so aggravated because I'm like, okay, so say you have a hundred seats, two shows, you're making, you, you can make yourself a decent amount of money. If you're only, what he was paying me, it wasn't greedy. I wasn't yeah. asking for, it wasn't five grand or something insane. Yeah. I, I know whatever it is. So try to sell out the shows, whatever it is. So I, I was like in my brain, I'm like, should I do it? And I'm like, no. 
I shouldn't. And I wrote back, and, I, and he goes, I can't swing that. And I wrote, I only have 100 seats, which that doesn't really match up. doesn't make sense to me, considering the numbers involved. But I said, I wrote back, and I said, no problem at all, man. I go, thanks for reaching out. Now, that is old me would have just done it out of, like, uh, I should just take this because it's I would have done it. You would have yeah, done it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm at the point now where I'm getting better at the idea of going, okay. Like, like. also part of me was like, don't write back with a nasty response or like a, uh, oh, then forget it or, or anything terse yeah. or whatever it is. But I wrote back with a, hey, no problem at all. Just, uh, you know, thanks for thinking of me, whatever it is. And then that's it. And that's like, that's, there's nothing wrong with that. And that's not technically nice because you're turning them down. No, I, I think you handled that with the perfect balance of, Knowing your own self worth, yeah, while still being respectful in in the business, because that that's something that what's what's going to end up happening is you will get that money from that guy eventually. I think, um, probably, but but the other thing was, no, maybe not, because there was no response back, and I'm like, you realize how, how I wrote you back professionally. You yeah. realize how unprofessional it was for you not to write back and say, okay, maybe another time, maybe we can work something out, or, all right, yeah, that's just too rich for my blood, thanks, good to talking to you. That's, in, in if it was a real business, that's why people don't think a comedy is a freaking business. Yeah. Because that's the way it would have been done otherwise. Okay, nice talking to you, whatever. I, I have such, a, I mean, I, I commend that, because I would have such a hard time doing that. So would I have, and, up until recently. And it's, um, I don't know, I, I mean, we, we talked about it on this before difficult like difficult conversations and like a like just attacking them i think is the way to go instead of the avoidance and the just surrendering to them and yep. and, and that's like the main thing that i want to try to be better at like I, I i just it's 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 so hard it's so hard to to like stand up for your own self-worth especially in business yeah. Like know what kind of because I remember I was I was even talking to you about it when I had to bid on a on a gig and tell them a price. When I have to tell them a price, I, I said something to you. You were like, "No, man, you got you can't settle for that." Cause yeah, you can't, you can't sell yourself short. And but I will be honest. I've only had that mindset for like recently. I think it's I think it's the kind of thing. And we are at two different stages of things. Like, I, don't get me wrong, but yeah, I I even for what you were going for and you. It, like even this gig I just told you about, I wasn't being unreasonable. I, sure. It wasn't that much more money, and it would have been also. I pro if I would have brought somebody, I would have probably had to get them a room. I wouldn't expect him to get the, him to get them a room. I know that would make it even more. Yeah. So I was like, I probably would have made the lower amount anyway after gas, tolls, and getting them a room. So that's why we have to like stand for some kind of like some kind of like like uh, base level. Uh, compensation with these types of gigs or, or any kind of gig and th so these people respect you more and I think I think it really does work because there's been other times where like you said people have come back and be like okay we'll do it or yeah. know, whatever it is I you going back to you saying sending the email for a job you know quitting a job through email I just had that happen like the anxiety of that that that's a that's a difficult conversation that I've always been bad at. I used to make the joke and say that I've quit every job the same way I've gotten out of every relationship, where I just stop showing up, <laughs> stop answering their calls, yeah, and have my mom go pick up my shit at the end. <laughs> like, like I did, I remember the first job that I ever had. I was just like, yeah, I'm not gonna go back. And like, I even it was, I was washing dishes when oh, I was yeah. like, I had one 15. of those. My dad went and quit for me at at, at uh, uh, Baskin Robbins or Carvel. Yeah, my mom went and got my last paycheck at D Imperio's restaurant. 
And uh, I, I remember even hearing the voicemail from the guy, like, so I guess you're not coming back to work. I don't know. You know, you haven't been here in a couple days. You never didn't call us. I remember even being like anxious listening to this voicemail that I knew I wasn't going to respond to. Yeah, because because it, the thing is, nothing wrong that you wanted to quit, but you probably didn't handle it the best way because the avoidance was from the, I don't want to disappoint this guy. Yeah. And I don't want to have that difficult conversation. And also, how old were you? What, 17, 16? 14. 14. Right. Yeah. That, it, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying, yeah, you, you, that's, but it's almost like that stuff stays with you. And like, if you don't course correct it, you, you get into the age you are now and you still have that same anxiety. I'm still not comfortable with it. Yeah. Me, I, me neither on a lot of stuff. I have my moments. I, I work, I work sometimes uh, for, for a temp agency here in New York and, they will send me text messages or emails. Hey, what's your availability next week? And if I don't have availability, which I, I haven't in a while, I feel so guilty saying no. Um, right. I almost want to spread myself too thin. And, like, they don't need me, but I just have this weird, weird thing where I, yeah. where I think that what's going to eventually happen is is – I tell them no so many times, and if something comes up and I actually do need them, that they're going to be like, ah, fuck you, dude. Yeah, I think you that's... no to us. And it's one of those things where the the reason why it's so anxiety-inducing is because that might happen. There's, I think it's a smaller chance than you're thinking, but that there's a chance that they're going to be like, ah, oh, we can't get this guy. No availability with this guy. Let's We're not going to reach out to him first next time. But... Probably not. No. Like, it's that kind of thing. Like, I had that, I have that with comedy stuff. I think what the expectation has to be is you have to be like, try to be okay with the idea that nothing, that, that's it. Like, so it's one of those things. Say it's a business thing. I think that I, I had one in the city with a club where I wanted to stop hosting. And I emailed, and it was one of the most difficult things I've ever done in my career because they were, they're very good to me. But I was doing it there for like seven years. And I, in my head, had to get used to the idea of like, all right, this weird, so this weird like zen thing of going, expect nothing after this. If you get anything from this club after this, then that's all gravy at that point. That's exciting. And it worked out, but I was really expecting to get zero after I said I wanted to stop hosting. Yeah, but I, I, I think making risks like that improves you as a person. I think it totally does. Making risks and like that, that like idea of just, I mean, it's not standing up for yourself, but it's, I think it's a form of that. It's a form of it, for because sure. I think if you if you have some kind of self perceived slight that they, which is not what's happening, but I think before it gets to like in my situation with the hosting thing, I was getting so in my own head, being like, ah, "What am I doing here? Ah, I'm getting mad yeah. and bitter." The minute I stopped doing it, and the minute I sent that email, almost instantaneously, especially after I did a couple spots, was doing other spots, bouncing around, I was a way happier person. I was like enjoying stand up yeah. way better than I was. So it's very a lot of it's self-perceived. A lot of it has nothing to do with anybody else. It's only on us. It's that that thing of like I got to do this because if I if I don't want the conflict and if I try to stand up for myself here they're just going to tell me fuck you and not give me anything. So fuck them. I'll do this out of spite and I'll do this. and in actuality it's like no 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 just do it you'll be happier. And and the feeling all you do by not confronting the difficult conversation is extending that feeling. Yes. You know what? I, like, yes. Like with just, me, it's like a snowball situation. Uh, uh, like an, an, ex an example again of, you know, quitting a job or, or when you want to, you know, get out of a relationship or something like that where 
you're just dealing with an anxiety of not having a conversation, constantly thinking of the conversation, constantly thinking of how to bring it up, constantly thinking of how to get out. Whereas if you just bring it up, it's like, boom, I brought it up. It's such a relief. And yeah, there's going to be some after effects, but at least it's, you know, what happened after the event. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, uh, have you ever quit a job in person? Um, like face to face because, because I've only done it. I've done it once in my life and I've had like, I've had like 30 jobs, like, like odd jobs. Yeah, I did. I quit a job. Yes. Blockbuster. I quit in person. Were you nervous? Yes. I also have a story from there because so after I quit, they had the um, blockbuster used to have it where. Uh, you had an employee account, so you would get free rentals. What is Blockbuster now again? I guess you could just go rent movies physically. It's like not... I'm young. I don't... I'm not familiar with what I Blockbuster I actually is. truthful, I think you do know what Blockbuster is. Um, <laughs> and I, I say I'm insulted. I know what you're doing here, and it's insulting. What is, um, I'm, I'm just, I'm just are saying, saying I'm several that, years younger than you, so like... Mm, well... And we have a very young listenership. You have an old like soul, me. so you know. And uh, yeah, I think my soul. I think my soul's pretty close to the same age as me. I don't think it is. Um, I'm soulful as a singer. <laughs> <laughs> you would, when you go, mm-hmm. you go to Bill Joel's house. You, I, gotta, uh, <laughs> you know him, <laughs> Bill Joel. Um, you know what Blockbuster is, you faker. And uh, yes, it was a video rental place that was huge in the '90s. Uh, it was one of the biggest things around. No more open. What? Is, did the last one finally die? The one in Washington or whatever it was? Yeah. In, Eugene, in Oregon, I think it was? Yeah. That was privately owned. I don't think it's... It's probably not closed. I don't know. I watched that documentary and I hated it. Why? <laughs> it was so it. boring. It was like boring and the girl who was narrating it was really annoying. It, oh, it sucked. But also, I thought it was going to be this cool like bring back the experience of working at Blockbuster documentary. And it was more about how like nostalgia. Yeah. But they just, it was like how they just took it over and how, how cool they are. And it's like, it's like, it was like Oregon hipsters talking about their Ugh. cool blockbuster, like being ironical about a blockbuster. Uh, really annoying. So anyway, um, so you quit this job. I quit that job. And what it was a story to it. There's a guy who the, the main manager I had on that for the most time I was there was this guy, Glenn, who was awesome. He used to make prank phone calls on Saturdays to other yeah. blockbuster managers. I think I told you that story. Yeah. Anyway, Glenn, he had to leave for like medical stuff, something, or he quit, went to another store, whatever he did. Really, really good guy. Anyway, this other guy, Jim or something, took over, and this guy was kind, just kind of a prick. And anyway, I when I quit, I was like, hey, I'm going to go. I got another job, and I was yeah. like, you know, it was kind of normal. And then what happened was I went in about a week after I quit to get, uh, I don't even think I did rentals. I think it was just, maybe I rented a video and got some candy. So I got a free rental and, because they didn't change my account over from employee account, right? So I got a free rental and some a discount, like a 40% discount on candy or something like that. It wasn't that much. Maybe it was a, maybe I, maybe I, it was a $10 uh, charge, whatever it was, right? Yeah. $10 off on the thing, whatever it was, right? So I get a phone call and a friend of mine, uh, checked me out, but she checked me out on this other guy's 
like you have to sign in when you have a register. So they had a record. This other guy, Kurt, it was his register. And this girl, Janelle, she signed me out and gave me the discount. So I get a call about a couple days later. Can you come in and talk to us? And this manager takes me to the back room and he goes, listen, uh, you know, there's theft that went on. I know that you got a free rental and you got a discount on candy. And I know it wasn't Kurt that checked you out because I, I, I know who it was. But I want you to tell me who it was that checked you out and gave you that discount with that, with that, uh, and that free video. And I go, no. <laughs> yeah. Well, you, I, lear- you learned from the beginning of Goodfellas. Yeah. <laughs> the two roles. <laughs> what are they again? You, uh, you don't rat on, you keep your mouth I'm shut. And never. You don't rat on your friends. <laughs> really true. Yeah. So I, I had my Goodfellas moment at that point, my Goodfellas confidence moment. And I go, no. And he goes, well, we already know who it is. And I go, all right, so if you know who it is, then yeah, then there you go. Then then uh, problem solved. And he goes, all right. And the guy really said this to me. He goes, I thought you'd be a man and you would tell me who who checked this stuff out to you. I go, and I really said this to him. I go, I'm being a man by not telling you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like 21 years old. Dude. I'll take my lumps. Yeah. I'm not, yeah. I'm not ratting somebody else out. I'm not ratting anybody out. And, and don't try. I, you're like, I've seen enough movies working at this fucking blockbuster to know the technique that you're doing to try to trap me into giving you... The name of the person who <laughs> yeah. gave me the free rental. Yeah. I learned it from watching you, all right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we used to watch tons of videos. And then uh, also, <laughs> what are you freaking out about 10 bucks for? Also, it was their fault. Like, it was his fault. He didn't switch the... It wasn't like we were a scheming me getting away with yeah. $10 worth of stuff. He didn't change my account back from an employee account. So she couldn't charge me for yeah, it like was, it, was, it wasn't the mcdonald's monopoly scam <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was it was you getting to watch braveheart for free yes, exactly 100 <laughs> percent. so also the amount of times that you guys get robbed like they had to put those things on the video games people were just stealing video games tons of them daily like stealing to the point where they did a they instituted a thing at blockbuster where you had to say hello to every, no matter what you were doing, you had to say hello to every single person that came in the store. Right. And the theory behind that is, is if you look somebody in the eyes and say hello to them, they're X percentage less likely to steal. So the whole idea, it wasn't just to say hello to them. It was so, hey, if I form this bond with you, you're not going to go steal a video from, from the, the store. What are they? <laughs> I, 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 I worked at Blockbuster. It was one of the most fun jobs I had because I'm a big movie guy yeah. and I like the people I work with. But when, they, when, that, when that Titanic sank, I was so excited. That's, so, a, that's such a weird, like the, you look somebody in the eyes and you shake their hand. You yeah, know. It was Wild West rules. You know what's going on in their soul <laughs> and they'll never cross you. Like, what the hell are you talking about? Yeah, exactly. I think it was like a psychology thing that like they're they probably had a focus group. Now, if you, you uh, mean if, you mean you mean for the you mean uh, you have to be masters of reading people uh, uh, and psychology <laughs> yeah. and ocular pat downs yeah. when you're making seven dollars an hour at Blockbuster. Exactly. Yeah, I'm 21 years old at a Texas Hold'em table with meeting these people, <laughs> like reading people's poker faces coming in. Are you a thief? <laughs> I'm sitting there. I can see in your eyes, boy. I, you know, I had, I'm just remembering this, the, one of the only jobs I ever quit face to face, I kind of had like a, I I don't, I didn't realize how close this is to George Costanza's jerk store moment, me quitting this job. I just realized I worked at the Carnegie Science Center in Pittsburgh and my boss there was this little dude and he was such an asshole and was like really mean to all the girls there, like used to make like one girl cry every week. And 
the I I did a projection at their like Omnimax theater. It was one of those yeah. you know big dome theaters where they like showed documentary type videos and like kids things for it was mostly a kids museum. And the one day a customer said something about the screen not being clean and was was like I really want a refund. And they said it to me, and I was like, yeah, you can just go to the front desk, let them know. They were like, does it look weird to you? I was like, I don't really know. Maybe, yeah, it looks a little bit. I understand your concern, but just go to the front desk. You know, they'll take care of you. Yeah. So right when I walk out, I'm in this back stairwell where, you know, customers weren't allowed. And he comes running up, and he's like, did you tell somebody that there was dirt on the screen and that they should go get a refund? I said, no, they asked if they could get a refund, and I sent them where to go. And he was like, don't ever, he's like, don't ever fucking do that. He starts swearing at me. He's like, he's like, you can't, you're going to lose this money, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, whoa, start over. Yeah. And he was like, what? I was like, I make $7.50. If you talk to me like that again, I will throw you down these fucking steps. I could give a shit. Because he was so little. And then he immediately, like, I saw the just change in his demeanor. And he was like, all right, I know. I'm just saying, maybe you don't know. You, you haven't encountered that before. You know, I'm sorry. Right. I was, so I was that's like, that's how yeah. you approach like, it. Like, that's how you approach it, dude. I was like, don't ever talk to me like that, right? So I was so pissed about That's it. That's a jerk store moment right well, there. Well, the even more jerk store moment. I'm so mad about it that I get home and I'm like, I'm quitting this job tomorrow. I'm going to quit it and I'm going to quit it in epic fashion. I'm going to go there. I'm going to start fucking up all day and wait for him to say something. And then I'm just going to explode. You know? Yeah. I'm, I'm going to tell him that the jerk store called, but in my own way. You know, they're, they're running out of him. And I was getting ready to lose it on this guy. And I'm driving to work, almost doing the practicing in the mirror. Like, oh, was I not supposed to pull the, pour the popcorn like this, you son of a bitch? You're already, you know? you're already from uh, Sopranos. When he's when the French guy, he goes, yeah. oh, Francois. Okay, so good each. I'm like practicing it. And then I get there. First thing I do is I go to one of my coworkers. I said, I said, hey, is um is uh is EJ here? And they're like, oh no, you didn't hear. I meant to text you. I thought it was in the group text. They just fired him this morning because he grabbed somebody trying to go into the theater to check their ticket and he was real aggressive and it ended up being one of the board members of the Carnegie <laughs> Museum. And they fired him on the spot. And I was like, damn it, they stole my moment. <laughs> so then when I wanted to quit like two months later, I had to do it with the guy that I really liked. Yeah, that's that a bummer. Worse, but yeah. You, I, you reminded me of this TikTok I saw. Uh, it was really great. I, like, I've saved it on my phone. It, it's really funny. This guy must show up to his job and the, the video just shows you the perspective of like his friend right behind him and the manager coming over and they go, and the manager's coming over, and you can tell he's pissed immediately. He goes, all right, guys, let's go. We, we, what are you doing back here? What's going on? And he goes, hey, Bill, I quit. And behind him is a whole band. And they go, two, two, three, four. <laughs> <laughs> and he's walking out of there. And it's, I, I think it's 100% for real. I it's, love that. It's amazing. It's, we'll put it on the... Um, Oh, we'll do edit on the on the on the on the on, on the TikTok. our TikTok. It's yeah. really really good. It's 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 so funny to me. Well, I always said that the real American dream isn't finding a job that you can make a lot of money at and that you love. The real American dream is quitting a job you hate in like epic fashion. I think you're right because people do get in that mindset of like I, I'm trapped in this. I can't get out of it. I think my dad had my dad was a, a jail guard at Rikers Island. And for a lot of different reasons, I think he had to stay in it. But it, 
I think he got into it thinking, enjoying that world, but then I think by the time he was out of there, he was miserable. He hated the job after a while. Yeah. I think. It bu- bugged him out, you know? So I think most people think of that with their jobs. That's why, I guess, uh, we do comedy. It's like, yeah, there's a lot of bullshit associated with it, but overall, it's like we've cheated life in a way. You know? Yeah, at the end of the day, it's yeah. no jokes. Yeah, definitely. But you know, I even say that about something going back to you working at Blockbuster and that guy acting like that. I get that you don't, you know, you're the manager, you're running a business, you you got to be in charge and have some level of respect from your employees, but you do also got to have the balance where it's DVDs, man. Just calm down. Like, nothing's that serious. Yeah, well, you know what it is? If you ever, especially when a place like that, like, you had guys, and granted, like, they were, like, store managers, and... I remember even thinking when I was younger, not that I've, I've really, you know, not that I've taken the world over, <laughs> but I remember thinking like, oh, these guys, this is all they, this, they're all like, they were all probably only like 30, yeah. 30 something. But I was like, they're 30, they're working at Blockbuster, this is all they have, they take it way too seriously, they're like company men, and I'm like, I'm, this, is, this is just a job for me while I'm like finishing up school, I'm going to do... Way yeah. bigger and better things. <laughs> Who knew? I'd just be yelling at audience members the rest of my life. <laughs> asking, where are you from? And uh, what you call it? Uh, and, and, that, and that's fine. Uh, you know? Like, it's, it's, hey, uh, the older I get, the more I'm like, that's more than fine. I love and respect somebody. As a wide-eyed youth <laughs> yeah. who thought he had uh, some hope in his life. <laughs> I think I thought of it like, oh, this is kind of a dead end thing, but the way I know how jobs those jobs are now and dealing with the public in general is brutal. So, oh, I think it's totally fine. But I well, think they should be compensated. But, but I, some I, guys I, take it way too seriously. I th- yeah, t- taking anything too seriously I think is is lame in general, but not trying to sound like taking stuff. You know what I mean? Like but to an extent I, I think, again, it's with everything. I've said it a million times already on here is I do really think you got to just find a balance with shit. But, like, I, I mean, somebody that, like, works at Blockbuster or worked at Blockbuster and took it seriously in the sense of they actually love movies, they enjoy their job, they like bullshitting with customers about movies. Like, I think that's cool. I love somebody like that. Oh, I... Loved the job. Yeah. Like, I really did. I had so much fun at that job. But and when you get to be, like, that manager where you're treating it like the interrogation in the town. Yeah. Like, that's just, a, that's a much. Because you do got to realize you're dealing with a younger dude who probably doesn't care that much. And it's, you know, be a good manager and... You know, be like, hey, Sean, just future reference, man. Be co- be more down to earth. You know and I think saying? you had, I think you had both guys like that. But I think you have a certain type of guy. I call it like the volunteer fireman guy. You ever meet like a volunteer fireman, and they always take their job way more seriously than the, than like actual paid. But they had like they almost do it so they can just wear that beeper around. Like back yeah. in the day, it was like they had the fireman beeper, and the guy would have the 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 sweater, or this like the the pullover with the the emblem from his fire department on it. And you were like, oh, I kind of get your vibe. You're kind of yeah. like a, a a bit of a dorky dude who signed on to this. Maybe they wouldn't. I don't know if you're really physically fit enough to actually join a fire department or they, in the they, city or whatever. They really just want to show disgust at certain episodes of Rescue Me. Like <laughs> they got it all wrong. That would never happen. <laughs> yeah, like it's almost like a. 
Uh, don't get me wrong. I think they come from a good place for the most part, but it's like a blowhard situation. So managers at jobs like that, especially back in the 90s, it was that kind of vibe where you're like, oh, you're like team blockbuster. Like you're thinking you're, the, you're a CEO of uh, your own uh, company or something, but all you're, do, you're making about three more dollars an hour than I am. I mean, or or yeah. your, your salary, but it's a $30,000 a year job, which, 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 whatever, good on you. But like you said, be realistic about it. Well, Don't be a, a cheese ball. Because I heard... I met maybe the happiest human being that I've ever met in my life. And it was a friend of a friend. We were doing, uh, sh uh, me and a another comic were doing shows in Ellicottville, New York. I've heard of that. E-L-L-I-C-O-T? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, it's the next day and we're at the brewery having a drink, getting ready to, you know, go back home. And a friend of his that he grew up with walks in and they see each other and they reunite and they're talking. And the guy goes... You know, they're like, hey, how you been? How you been? What have you been up to? And the guy's like, yeah, man, things are pretty good. Just had my 20-year anniversary. Still at Domino's. Uh, yeah, but they're, they're great. Oh, and yeah. he, goes, he goes, "I'm, uh, you know, I'm the head delivery driver and basically the assistant manager. And I wanted to be like, yo, you have two positions there. One, you made up, and the other is an almost. Yeah. Do you know what basically the assistant manager means? Yeah, it means not. Not the assistant it's like, manager. It's like the office when he goes, <laughs> the assistant. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. But this guy was so, like, happy and just seemed so at peace in the world and gave a shit about this job that most people make fun of. Right, exactly. And But I guarantee you to work with that guy, he probably wouldn't have been the guy who you're like, Fuck this guy. Like, he would have been, like, cool to work with because he was happy at work. Yeah. Yeah. No, I I agree. With that. Like, I look at things like McDonald's. I go to McDonald's and people are like, oh, McDonald's. They used to be like a punchline. Oh, I go get a job at McDonald's. Yeah. But it's like one of those things. I'm like, that's one of the hardest jobs in the world. You're dealing with the dredges. The absolute. You're dealing with the worst people who are there. Half the time they're trying to scam you. Get something free idea, probably. But it's like you full on. It's, it's a, it's, it, you're on your feet all day. And I have so much respect for people in those jobs, but at the end of the day, it's like be real, be 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 balanced about your job. Like if you're happy with it and you have respect for it, don't act like you're you're uh, uh, you know a brain surgeon. Like don't act like it's not for beyond sure. what it is. Like I, that there's got to be a healthy balance, you know. I, Same way comics do. Where comics, oh my god, the amount of self-importance in comedy is just ridiculous. We're supposed to be the people who are like commenting on society and how how like saying how corny stuff can be and there's so much comedy that can be like oh, so self-important yeah. that you're like oh my god like the, the nets and the yeah, there's tons of them where it's like the thing where it's like well then just become a, a speech writer then or yeah. become an orator we're <laughs> like, clowns we're clowns we're goofing absolute clowns we're here for your entertainment and don't get me wrong there's a social commentary aspect of the job but it's supposed to be done with not an ounce like that Colin Quinn quote you're not cool. Comedy's not supposed to be fucking cool. No, not at it's all. A, you're supposed to be on the outside. You're calling out things that are trying to take themselves too seriously or too hip or too cool. But show business gets melded with comedy, and you can have this coolness factor kind of take over. Well, you, going back to McDonald's being a job that I, that I respect, I love when people are making the arguments against minimum wage and they go, you really think somebody at McDonald's should be making $15 yes. hour, an hour? A hundred percent. Absolutely. They should be making $20 an hour. Yeah. yeah. You, mean, you mean somebody working at three in the morning having to deal with me and two of my drunk friends at the drive-thru ordering things that aren't on the menu? Yeah. That Those people? 
Hell yes. Yes, 100%. They deserve so much. And it's also a thing where that comes from the model of basing things off education where it's like, oh, you don't need a college degree to get a job at McDonald's. But yeah, but I, there's it's manual labor. Like it's a form of, there's there's jobs that- It's manual on, labor with customer service. Exactly. You're on your feet so much and you're doing so much stuff and uh, that- yeah, there's construction jobs that get paid way more than that. Yeah, that and that and some of them they're not they're not, they're not it's not all uh, where you're lifting bricks all day and, and and two by fours and everything's heavy 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 lifting. Some of it is like you're whatever you're sweeping up, you know, but you're still making more than McDonald's. It's so weird that McDonald's is always used in the arguments about the economy a lot. Because people are like, well, if we start paying them fifteen dollars an hour, then uh, and your happy meal becomes uh, four hundred dollars. Yeah, then then the value meal goes up. It's like okay, okay, it goes up then. Yeah, dude. Like it, it's also you don't based, have to eat there. It's based by region anyway. You, yeah. it's, it's like so. Yeah, and also the amount of McDonald's food there is, how much do you think it's going up by? Realistically, two dollars, maybe. Yeah. Instead of your instead of your your meal being dollar ninety nine, it's. Three ninety nine, you can't handle that, like you know, or or four ninety nine, whatever it is. Like honestly, is that that big of a deal for you? <laughs> In order to have the person, like the same way that, like, look at Trader Joe's, what they would do with their people, they give their people health insurance, they pay very very fair wages, like beyond, like people manage at a Trader Joe's and they're set and they're very happy. Everybody there is super happy. They're really good to their workers. And guess everybody loves Trader Joe's. It's packed all the time. It's like a cult. I never kinda, met anybody that actually works that way, there. But a cult usually is when there's some kind of something nefarious going on with the cult. I have never heard of anything nefarious going on at Trader Joe's. Me, I, me either, because they keep it pretty tight-lipped. <laughs> <laughs> it's Scientology yeah. from like 15 years ago. Yeah. Well, they. I mean, have you ever met anybody that works at a Trader Joe's? Yes. Really? I, yes. I have. They, I knew a couple people working. They got out. They got they, out. Of the like like uh, like Leah Romini. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're gonna, I need to hear the tell-all about what's really happening <laughs> yeah. at fucking Trader Joe's. <laughs> I might go undercover. Go undercover to Trader yeah. Joe's and just see what w- happens. Just walk around in one of those Hawaiian shirts, <laughs> which funny. I look great in. It'd be funny if you're like, you go to, you, you just have a video or a TV show pilot that you're taping of you going to a Trader Joe's and you show up, you see one of the employees, you go, "Let's go! I'm rescuing you!" And they're like, "What are you talking about?" And like, "You're in the Trader Joe's cult." Like, it's I, it's not a cult. I make yeah. fifty thousand dollars a year stocking shelves. Yeah, yeah. I'm just trying to pay my way through college. Yeah, dude. yeah. You relax. Yeah, dude, you're scaring me. <laughs> no, you don't know what how bad it is. How much do you make? I'm making twenty five dollars tonight oh, no. at New York Comedy Club. <laughs> how much do you make? That's not important. <laughs> that is irrelevant. <laughs> Stay out of this and come with me. It's none of your business. <laughs> um, but absolutely, I think that, uh, speaking of cults, um, I don't know, I think our jerk of the week, does he, does he kind of run a cult at this point? Because I think that people, we have, we, have a, we have a battle that's very, very uh, in vogue right now. It's very in the news. I don't and our jerk of the week is, and also it's a guy that I revere and I think is a genius. But man, this is a guy who would never, he, he, I think social media has helped him and hurt him in the same fashion. Well, there are very few people sticking up for him now. Uh, yeah, you really can't. You can't. You, at this point, you can't. I don't know why we're, it's Kanye West. It's Kanye West. We're... I don't know why we're being so <laughs> mysterious. Uh, Kanye West is the jerk of the week, even though musically this guy, god damn, I, I, I so think he's an absolute musical genius. Always, always, always. But he lost me like six albums ago. For real? Yeah. Well, you're you're a purist. You're a first three album. Uh, 
Well, uh, well, uh, my uh, um, I would say after my dark twisted fantasy, I really he really started losing. I me. I think. Oh, you, what about uh, uh pa- Pablo? Uh, what's the other one called? Um, uh, he had he had he had a bunch good. I mean, I mean, there's still some. Don't get me wrong. There's still some slaps. Some slaps, some bro. slaps, some on Johns, there. some yeah, Johns, some good Johns on there. But <laughs> I don't, uh, I don't, and and maybe maybe his public perception kind of influenced me a little bit. Uh, you know, when I heard one like album that I wasn't digging, then I was kind of like, eh, I'm done with this dude. He's, he's kind of a, he's kind of a creep and a weirdo. He is, I think he's a guy that I I. I don't. I don't think we can count him out completely. I think he's. I honestly, I think he's just. I think he's been affected by a lot of stuff in his life. I think he's a guy who's been affected by fame. I think his mom died suddenly. That affected him. I think he might have some sort of issues sure. uh, that need to be worked on. So if, if, if you combine Hollywood and all that, uh, you never heard about him being a bad dad. Ever, I don't think. I think that would be the first thing to be said, especially now. So what we're talking about, the how he was a jerk. He's been going after Pete Davidson. I know Pete Davidson through comedy, but very limited. Yeah. Like, I, I used to see him way more back in the day, and I, I think I saw him maybe six months ago, eight months ago, and f- very briefly. We're not close friends. We're friendly. You know, it's that kind of thing. I, I, I think we know who each other are. You know? Yeah. At this point, he's so famous. I don't even don't know if he'd recognize me at this point. You know, I feel like when you get to that it's actually kind of weird to watch how famous Pete like is. Fame goggles. You can't even recognize. I think people. it happens. I think it's good that it happens for famous people. Like Amy Schumer has that where I think that you do have to put up this wall. But I think also you must have so many people coming up to you on a daily basis asking for favors. You have to put yourself in this mind where, like, almost like your your brain goes into this defense mode of like I'm going to forget some people so that I can like not lose my mind. Well, you can't. You can't be a people pleaser at that level. No, no, you will that's get why torn down and taken advantage of completely. When you're famous, I think the people pleaser thing, yeah, goes away completely. The ego thing takes over, and people, some people turn into assholes more than they have to be. I think there's a certain level of quote unquote asshole you have to be as a famous person so that you're literally not going broke. Think about how many people go up to you, hey, can you invest in my business? Hey, can you yeah. get, oh my God. So people like Pete, like he's well, a that's why. That's why I'm not famous. I won't do it. That's the only reason why. That's why. That's why. That's why. <laughs> that's why I stay under the radar, <laughs> off the grid. I don't try to make too offered, much money. I remember you were offered like three Netflix specials. You turned them yeah. down. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, yeah. You're. you're I was supposed to be the star of uh, Paul Blart Mall Cop Three. <laughs> I was. I was playing Paul Blart Junior. <laughs> what was the? Uh, what was it called? Paul Blart Mall Cop. Paul Blart Three. Little Blart. <laughs> And it was me, and it was going to be about me and him teaming up, <laughs> me and Kevin James. But they were like, Ray, do you want to do that? I was like, ah, my career is probably going to skyrocket if I do that movie, and I don't want to deal with the fame because I'm too much of a people pleaser. Oh, yeah, that's you. I'm just going to do the pod with Donnelly. You are tried and true. Yeah, this. I all- chose this <laughs> over Paul Blart 3. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, you yeah. can say thank you if you want, or I don't know. <laughs> mm. Um, I, I, I will not say thank you. I, oh, cool. um, no, I have, well, I have no, my, my, my two things I think with, with Kanye West are one, I, part of me wonders if my feelings about him, if he was somebody that I knew personally would be similar to how I feel about some of my friends where social media, I'm like, this person is an absolute lunatic. 
I can't stand them. I can't see anytime I see them on my feed. They're always saying the wildest shit. And then when I see them in person, I'm like, it's pretty cool. I actually like this dude. I enjoy his company. I think that would probably be the case if you met him in person. Uh, I just think that Kanye West says so much stupid shit, you start to wish he still had his jaw wired shut. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe his hand's broken because he'd still be able to tweet. Well, and... I mean, I get everybody has their issues, and I do get a little mad when people try to have him hide behind the mental health stuff as much as they do. Like the people that defend him are like, "You got to understand, he's sick, he's mentally ill," and it's like, "Well, if there's this many people saying it, fucking get treatment, help him, yeah, help or him. get treatment, or like, or it's one of those things where you say, like, and I'm sure you have a friend like this, and we've talked about it, where people in your friend group give him a pass because, oh, that's just Jerry." That's how Jerry is. Yeah. That's always Jerry. Hey, Jerry's an asshole. Jerry's probably. an asshole. Yeah. I think it's a mixture of everything with him. And I also think with him, I don't 100% think that it's on the level. I think that what's going on now with him, with this battle with Pete Davidson, he knows. Because if you really, if you look at his interviews, money and building his own wealth, and he, he, he's very passionate about black-owned things and, and buildings, which he's right about. Like, it's like not relying on these corporations to make his own wealth, which, let's be honest, he did piggyback off that for a number of years. People sure. people always forget they've done that. I don't, maybe they don't, and they're just whatever. But I do think that this isn't 100% that he's just like, hey, I, I, I'm just doing this because I have so much disdain for Pete Davidson, and he's around my kids. And I think that what he realizes is my stock goes up with Every click and every view of me saying batshit crazy things online. So I think he's realizing, like, this is, this is good for my kids, for me, me calling him out. He'll be okay with it. I don't think Pete Davidson really gives a shit. I, I, I think he does. Actually, I think he does. He's a, I think he's a good guy. And I think, actually, he's like, hey, that's enough. I'm going to stand up for myself. But I don't think it's not going to – he's not going to be in a ball in a corner. Like, he's not going to jump off yeah. a bridge. I think he'll be fine that way. He knows what show business is, obviously. He's playing it perfectly. So I think Kanye knows the other side of that where he's like, I'm going to stay relevant just by going after you. And guess what? I, me going after you once sells me 30,000 more pairs of Yeezys. Me going after you uh, I'm, sells one of my, uh, my, my players you had to get for my new album, whatever, whatever that was. I didn't even know that story where you had to buy a certain player to get his new album. The guy just wants to make money. He wants to be a billionaire, which I, don't, I would guess he's not. If I had to guess, he has about $300 million, if I had to guess. Maybe more. Because, but it probably lost Lux. I think he put a lot of his own money into all this fashion stuff. He wants to be like uh, uh, Armani, and, and and he wants to be like old money, but for music, you know. Well, do, do you so do you think it is all motivated by money? I think no, no, no. I don't. Okay. I don't think it's all. I think he believes what he's saying, but he's ramping it up because he knows that the it, it affects the bottom line. And I think he knows how to play. Because us, we're just consuming it. Because I can't. I see those, I see those articles. Thing, right? I click on them. Did you see the text message thing? Yes, it would be between. Because, but I do think also, even if you look at what Pete did with that, Pete didn't release that. He had Dave Sirius, uh, you know Dave, who writes for him. No, Dave's written for uh, SNL and funny guy. Dave leaked it. Now Dave didn't leak that without Pete going. Yeah, you can leak it. Sure. So sure. they know how to play the game. Which, which, hey, good for you. But everybody's well, I mean, helping. If from an entertainment and a, you know, being in the public eye standpoint, it's kind of helping them both. 
It's a hundred percent helping them both. Now and it's making and it's making Pete Davidson look funny when he's like, I'm at I'm in your wife's bed. Uh yes, exactly. But it's also a thing with 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 Kanye where you're threatening to what chop off this dude's head or whatever it is. That's where the mental illness part comes in. It's like, there you go, bud. There's where people are going to call you out for it. Yeah. Because you can't threaten, you literally can't threaten violence against anybody. But he did it in a song. So I guess. Really? Yeah. He, oh, yeah. One of the, You're in a not rap allowed song. to threaten violence on people? Did you, did you not know that? You can't publicly threaten to kill somebody. Not kill somebody, but if you're like, I'm going to kick your ass. That's, um, you that. No, you can do that. But I think he said, I'm going to chop your head off. Um, are you, why? Are you planning on telling people you want to chop my head off? No, I just got I got some stuff I got to clean up in my phone. <laughs> I got to send some LOLs, <laughs> follow up LOLs. Just kidding. That was a joke. <laughs> That's my sense of humor. <laughs> People call me the Kanye of Pittsburgh. <laughs> um, so absolutely, what I think is that it's it's a mixture of everything. So I think that Kim Kardashian, they all know that it's almost it's almost like they treat pop culture like the metaverse. They're like, hey, we can just. We can do whatever we do there because in their actual lives, what do you think their actual lives are? Like, especially Pete at this point, like, I was scrolling through TikTok. I, I'll consume it just like anybody else. Yeah. And they had a video from, some, from somebody sitting in a restaurant just following them leaving the restaurant. And that was supposed to, and it had about 400,000 views on the, whatever it was. People, it's, when you get to that level of fame, you're, you have such a, it's, it's like you're basically an alien at that point. Like you can't live a normal life. So of course you're like, how do I make the best out of all this? And the way to do that is, I think it would be probably kind of fun for them. Not that I'm saying they're all conspiring together to do this. I think there's an element of truth running through it, but I think they're, they all know Playing the social media new uh, journalism game back and forth is what's going to keep their wealth growing, growing, and growing, growing. So you don't think it's a work? You don't think it's a total work? No, I don't think it's a. We're in a dark room setting this whole thing up, and this is where now Pete will text back and Dave will leak this. No, I just think they know the beats of it, and I think there's also he's like, I don't think he doesn't believe what he said. I think he turned around and said, "She's a good mom. What the fuck? What's your problem?" I think he means it. Yeah. I think he does mean it, but I also think that he knows because he could just not talk at all, and I think he was kind of trying to do that, but also he picked the perfect time, did it through his friend. Come on, it's like it is. That's a work in a way, but not really if you're actually. If there actually is some conviction and, behind and it. And I think the text made Pete look really good. It does, because it's very succinct, and it's very... Uh, he's gonna he, What he's going to do, probably, is say... Which he is. I think he's, he's a guy who's going to turn around and go, I'm just going to call you out for what it is. He's going to be completely reasonable. But he also started with a joke. Y- yes. Yeah, exactly. Started with something a little bit funny. So yeah. you're like, this dude's funny. I can see how that's messed up. And then it's, let's talk like men. Oh, he's being a man. He's being sincere. Yes. Yeah, right, so he's going to come out as the good part. guy in this. But Kanye has so many fans. Like, Kanye has, bounces back from all the shit, shit. That Taylor Swift thing he did. So Kanye will full-on be fine. Like, once, this, once he's decided this level of manicness has gone away, whatever it is, whatever happens, he'll just go on to the next thing. Well, you know what's kind of crazy? And I just thought of this. Um, is that... Pete Davidson, in a lot of the stories about him in the media for the longest time, he was kind of viewed as as the crazy person. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, because... So then what happens now is the story he brings in Kanye, now he's out... And I don't want to... You know, people will take offense to anything. I just can't think of a better... For lack of a better word. Now he's being, like, out 
crazy by Kanye in this situation. So it's making him come out like the grounded good guy, yeah. so to speak. In he's this the story. good guy right it's, now. It's like when it's like when uh, did you ever see the show Frasier? Yeah. It's like Frasier being have with I, his brother. Did you really just ask me if I've ever seen Frasier? I don't know. Some people hate Frasier. I love Frasier. I mean, it's a great show. It's one of the most famous television shows in the history of TV. Some people don't like Frasier. Yeah, yeah, but I think even the people who don't like Frasier watched Frasier. But Frasier <laughs> and them having Niles, Niles was more Frasier than Frasier. So it made Frasier seem a lot less nuts. I think that was completely on purpose. Yeah, that's uh, what I mean. That's why the show works. Because uh, on Cheers, Frasier was the foil. And yeah. Niles is the foil on Frazier because Frazier is the one who's like, he's the, uh, you're right. So he's, I feel like that's what happened with Pete Davidson and Kanye in this situation. Y- yeah, he out, he out Pete, Pete did. Well, and, and that's, <laughs> he out Davidson, Pete And Davidson. now that is my new goal for the podcast is try to bring everything back to Frazier. <laughs> How it's like Frazier. Somebody I know, I think this girl Annie. Uh, I think her name is Annie Russell. She had a, a Frasier podcast. I don't know if she still has. I oh, think really? It was, maybe it was somebody else I'm thinking of. Was it called Toss Salad and Scrambled Eggs? No. That would have been a great name for it. Yeah. Because yeah. of the, the theme song. What do you like better, Cheers or Frasier? Cheers. Yeah, okay. Hands down, Cheers. Yeah. Cheers, I'm, <laughs> speaking of me being old, like, dude, I, I'm going to point, like, I'm like midlife crisis old where, like, I watched, Cheers, and I think it's really funny, but I'm also like, it's it's so nostalgic. I get sad it's when I watch it. Very fun. Oh yeah, me too. I get. It reminds me of my. It reminds me of my like childhood because my dad, when he used to babysit me, would watch Cheers while he like drank a beer. Yeah. Well, I used to. You know what it is? Is I used to watch it when I was younger, but I w- it would come on after The Simpsons, and I the opening for a while when I was like a teenager, I'd be like, oh, Cheers, whatever. Mm. We're Simpsons, whatever it is, you know. But then the older you get, the more you're like, oh, this, because you'd watch, you'd watch it when you were little. And it was on for like 10 years. And it's a perfect show. Like, they, I don't think they had a bad season. Best opening theme song in television history. Yeah, yeah. It's making your way in the world today it takes everything, everything you've got. got. Taking you're a break from all your worries sure would help a lot. Bitch, wouldn't you like to get away? <laughs> what are you, the Dan Band? <laughs> I'd love to hear a Dan Band cover of, of the Cheers thing? where everybody knows your name. There's some place you fucking go where everybody knows your name. And they're always fucking glad you came. <laughs> Bitch, you want to be where you can be. <laughs> the troubles are all the same. I love that show. Such a great show. Uh, it's it's an unbelievable show. But I think now what we got to do. It's about that time, my friend. Get out of here. Yeah, we're rounding it up. Unless right. there's something else you want to talk about. There. We did jerk of the week. We Kanye. Did a, we did a jerk off. We did a jerk off. We did a jerk store moment. I mine was the the guy with the gig. I did a, I did what I wanted to do. I said what I wanted to say. Well, there's 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 one more jerk store thing I want to bring up before we get on out of here. Okay. And it was uh, we we talked about this uh, in my car when we were going to that gig. Uh, a jerk store when a jerk store moment goes wrong in a movie. We talk a lot about movies, so we'll just keep on brand with this episode where we, talk, where we talked a good bit about movies, pop <laughs> like culture. Movies will come up all the time in this podcast because we're both huge fucking movie people. Uh, Spider from Goodfellas, he had his 
he had his redeeming moment where he was finally able to stand up for himself. And it went horribly wrong. (laughs) Joe Pesci's character, Tommy. (laughs) One of the best scenes in movie history. (laughs) Where he says, don't you go fuck yourself, Tommy. Yeah. And then, oh, they all lose their minds. They all and they're all kidding because he got exactly like it. It was so weird because uh, Spider gets what he wants for like two seconds. He gets that moment of being like stuck up for myself. The guy that shot me in the foot. I finally got to say something to him. He treats me like shit, and then he just gets murdered. Yeah, and the, one of the best lines ever of the movie. What can I say? I'm a good shot. <laughs> I'll shoot some. You want me to take a fucking hole? I'll take a hole. I've dug a hole before. <laughs> um, yeah, it absolutely is. That's why you have. To, that's why. Maybe. Hold on. I just realized. Maybe Goodfellas is the reason that most people don't have their jerks. <laughs> They're just afraid of getting shot by Joe Pesci. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like if you have, if you're Joe Pesci. In your real life, nobody's going to want to disappoint you at any moment because they just think you're going to go into Joe Pesci mode from the movies, which in actuality, if you see interviews with him, he seems pretty docile and really calm, like chill dude. But that would be that would be like if when you were working at Blockbuster and the guy asked you the question about who gave you the free rental and you were like, no, I'm not going to tell you. Why don't you go fuck yourself? And he just shot, shot me at Blockbuster. <laughs> <laughs> and I just have to get buried in the back of the Blockbuster. How sad of an ending to a life would that be? Just, just out there with all the old plastic cases from the, the busted plastic case. They just bury you in all the... Uh, no, there's no tapes in them. They just cover you up with... And they, they have a back room like the like uh, Bada Bing and, and Sopranos. Yeah. All that shit happened. They kill the two guys. That, it, Oh, my God. But, yeah, I think you're right. That's why people don't want to upset anybody because they're like, I think that's a perfect version. The spider moment is a perfect version of, like, where a people pleaser's mind goes when they disappoint somebody. Worst case scenario. <laughs> yeah. She's going to murder me. Yeah. He's going to murder me. I don't think I could tell her this relationship isn't working out. Why? Uh, did you see Goodfellas? <laughs> what happened when he told Tommy to go fuck himself? What did you, what did you see? Uh, Karen put a revolver in his face. <laughs> Janice Rossi. I, hello? Is this the building super? I want you to know you have a whore living in 12C. <laughs> Janice Rossi. That's a, that's a really good Karen. That was pretty good. Yeah. I do. I well, do. I do. Years of being from Long Island has helped. Well, my only impression that I really do is. Uh, I have a Pesci. I do a Pesci. I'll tell you after. I do a gay Leota. <laughs> Karen. I want a divorce. I'm gay. <laughs> it's gay Leota. I, I have. A pesci, but it's just one phrase. You want to hear it? Yeah. <clears throat> you motherfucker, you. That's my. That's that's pretty good. <laughs> but I can only say that I can't go because I I try to do the 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 pen thing where he goes. What do you hear, Frankie? A little girl. You hear a little girl crying. But if I do more than just two words, just it's not the as quick good. things. You motherfucker, you. Yeah, it's like that. Yeah. The the De Niro that I would do is very is very limited words too. It's just don't you do that. Yeah, that's not good. It's more the face you have going. It's the face. The face is all right. A little bit. De Niro's been done so well over the years, you can't even. You ever like, that's what's crazy about comedy. The guys who, who, you see the impressionist that just do. Actually, is a skill, but the ones that have been done. I feel like there was a renaissance in the impression world about like 10 years ago. People started doing like, like when I first heard, it was at my open mic, I heard a kid do an Owen Wilson impression and it floored me. So good. It was yeah. like dead on. And then that became kind of one that people were doing. 
that you know Kevin Pollack, the Christopher Walken became the new stalwart for impressions. Maybe maybe that's the question that we put out for this week's episode to talk about on next week's episode. What is the impression that when you hear it is the most overdone and most cringeworthy? I. I, I already have my answer for it. I have mine too. And should we tell people next week though? Or let's if if our answers are differing, maybe that'll be the poll question. Which is more cringeworthy to hear? Schwarzenegger. Damn it. <laughs> That's mine. I think a lot of people would Stop. go right there. Stop whining. Even to this I, maybe it's like I'd love to hear from younger people about what theirs is. I, I don't it might be walking. Walking Walk, I was gonna say I thought you were gonna say walking. That's the other one. That that's that's the question that we'll put out. We'll put out a poll. Which is a more cringeworthy impression? Yeah, hearing somebody do a Schwarzenegger or a Walken, even if they're good, you're still like, yeah, everybody, everybody could do that, or has a version of that, or yeah, exactly. Uh, it's like, and then some people do them so well, and you're still like, God, the the all the other bad ones have diluted how good yours is, and like they're bringing down your class average. And we don't need it, and it's not I mean, relevant. I love the ones like uh, there's that guy who he's he goes by Matterday Night Live on TikTok. His name's Matt something. I I this oh, guy probably I end up it. on Saturday Night Live. What? I get it. Matterday Night Live. Yeah. yeah, it's kind of in the vein of Gay Leota. <laughs> <laughs> I get it. Yeah. I get it. You just didn't make the same exact joke. <laughs> but he does a dead on Stern, dead on Stern, Howard Stern. That's good that not a lot of people do a Stern. Yeah, his stern is like r- ridiculous, and then he does uh, uh, Jeff Goldblum really well. And then he like met Jeff Goldblum on the on the street, and then he does an Andy Cohen as well. And he saw him on. The, I guess they must have set it up, but it's him on the street with Andy Cohen and all those guys. He's a really good impressionist. He, he should be on Saturday Night Live. That guy, Matt something. I forget his last name. I'm cutting this part. I don't want to give that guy any attention. Well, I think it's good to do that. I think I think we're putting positive vibes out into the universe. Oh, okay. Maybe people listen to the podcast we'll and keep it there. You know, it's yeah, Matt Matterday Matt Night Live on TikTok. Okay. Follow him, but follow us more importantly. No, don't even follow. Just follow this Matterday guy that you seem to not You're be so able to spiteful. Seem to not be able to quit talking about. <laughs> why don't you do? A, why don't you go do a podcast with Matterday? <laughs> we are at Brand New Jerks Pod on TikTok, on YouTube. What are we? Brand New Jerks. <laughs> You could follow you could follow this Matter Day guy if you want. Sean's, Dude. Sean's best friend. Get <laughs> your follow us. Uh, uh, subscribe on YouTube, guys. We're putting a ton of stuff up there. We have a couple ideas we're going to be taping this month that we're really excited about. Longer videos. The episodes go up there. We have shorts. We have shorter clips of the episodes. So make sure to check that out. Also follow us on Instagram. Ray, you are at Ray B Killing Them. And I'm at Shawnee Time on, on Instagram and Twitter. We can't thank you enough uh, for but if, listening. But if you get sick and tired of regular humor, guys <laughs> chopping it up, and you really want to see a good Andy Cohen impression, <laughs> follow Sean Donnelly's best friend Ooh. at Matterday Night Live. Saucer of milk, table one for this cat. This catty cat. You ready? Here we go. It, it, it kind of is like Derek and Will Ferrell uh, yeah. shaking hands at the end of Step Brothers. <laughs> <laughs> All right. See you guys. Bye, guys. Yeah.